We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The announcement came at 8.03 a.m. this morning via Twitter. Yeah, the team's Twitter account announced that Washington will start Carson Wentz Sunday against the Browns in a near-must-win situation. I say near-must-win because, yes, there is a chance they could lose Sunday and still make the postseason. Uh, I won't go through all of those. Uh, Clearly, the most direct route to the postseason is beat Cleveland, beat Dallas, and then play uh, in either Minnesota or San Francisco in the first round during Super Wild Card Weekend. But, yeah, that's how the team got the news out. And I waited uh, until Ron Rivera spoke after practice today and Carson Wentz spoke after after practice today to put together uh, this podcast today because I thought uh, what they said would be relevant. By the way, Taylor Heineke spoke as well. You'll hear uh, what he said um, uh, also. Uh, This podcast today is brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and they'll double your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. Um, it's been interesting to watch the point spread on the Washington Cleveland game uh, this week. You know, it was about one and a half right around there um, prior to kickoff Saturday in Santa Clara. Then when Wentz came into the game and played relatively well on two series, I wouldn't call those significant series. They apparently were to Ron Rivera and company. Um, but, you know, one of those series down 30 to 20 with two minutes to go is soft coverage backup players in on defense. But the line went to two and a half after the game. Then when Ron held off on the announcement yesterday, the line came back to one and a half. And now that they know it's Wentz, it's up to two and a half. I don't know if that is specific to Wentz versus Heineke. I believe it is, though. I think the commanders are given a little bit more um, of, of, of a number uh, with Wentz as the starter than they are with Heineke. I would not personally put much stock into that. Um, I'm not expecting a massive difference, but I am totally fine with this change. Uh, as I said yesterday uh, during the podcast with Tommy and on Monday, um, this isn't a choice between Marino and Elway. 
Uh, we're talking about uh, right now not a lesser of two evils because I wouldn't consider T- Taylor Heineke to be an evil. Taylor Heineke did some really good things, as he did last year, to keep the team competitive. There are situations in which you would have had to go to a backup quarterback after losing your starter two straight years that would have been much worse than what they got with Taylor Heineke. What they got was pretty average quarterbacking most of the time with some magic moments at the end of games Um, and uh, obviously just too much left out on the field uh, because of physical limitation, uh, etc. They're going to go with the guy that I think they've been you know, chomping at the bit to get back to once he became healthy enough to play. Keep in mind, he's only been active for the last two games. That first giant game he had uh, he was sick, so he was inactive for that game. So it's only been the last two games, the giant game at home and then Sunday against the 49ers where Carson Wentz actually had the opportunity to play uh, in a game. He's going to start. You're going to hear from Rivera here shortly. You're going to hear uh, from uh, Carson Wentz uh, as well. Uh, MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC. Uh, you can bet everything NFL-related uh, and in those other games of note, if you were wondering, Seattle's a two-point dog at home against the Jets. Um, Washington can clinch with a win and losses by Green Bay, Detroit, and Seattle. Uh, the Lions uh, are f- uh, six-point favorites over the Bears. And the Vikings uh, are actually underdogs at Lambeau, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at Lambeau in the late Sunday afternoon game on Fox. Uh, Don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Apple, if you can give us five stars, that's really, really helpful. Um, Steve uh, wrote a um, uh, multi-sentence review, gave us five stars. Thank you, Steve, very much. Steve wants more owner talk and less football talk because, as he said, There's nothing more important than Dan Snyder owning this team if you're a fan of the team. Steve, I agree with you. I think number one right now is Snyder moving forward with the complete sale, the 100% equity uh, sale of the team. Uh, And I think that's happening. Um, And football and what this team is doing is secondary to that. It always makes me laugh because everybody's got their own opinion and everybody that has an opinion is convinced that their opinion is the one that everybody else has as well, that everybody else shares. The truth is, I would say more people um, that I communicate with uh, about this podcast or about the radio show are much more interested in the actual ownership situation. And I would say it's 60-40. It's not overwhelmingly, um, you know, uh, Snyder uh, related. But it's funny because when we talk a lot about the ownership situation, there are some of you that say, can you stop? I don't care about that. I care about this team and the big games that it is playing. I would say 60-40, 60%, you know, of you – aren't as invested in the team uh, right now, certainly not as much as you used to be, but are you know excited about the prospect of a new owner and potentially a new brand uh, as well, um, you know, pulling uh, this uh, latest uh, iteration of branding uh, back and maybe just going with Washington uh, Football Club or Washington Football Team or just Washington. I don't know. Um, but uh, I also have um, this year – 
I know that most of you know that I do like Ron Rivera. I do like this staff. I don't think it's an incompetent staff. I mean, I don't think Scott Turner is incompetent. I think most of you who say that also said that Kyle Shanahan was incompetent and that Sean McVay was incompetent. Um, I don't know what it is about this fan base and the hammering of coordinators, um, but I, I don't think we know really enough. I, I'll, I'll say what I've said all along. I mean, most of you wanted Jack Del Rio gone before the season started and wanted him gone after the first two games. I think he's done a pretty damn good job this year of getting that defense to play pretty good football uh, for the most part and be really what's led this team. Um, I, I, I'll say what I've said a million times about Scott Turner. Do I think that Scott Turner is the 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 next you know star uh, offensive mind that's going to be a head coach and a Super Bowl contending head coach I I don't I don't feel that way um, but I feel like it's really difficult to evaluate him fairly when they've had six quarterbacks in not even three complete seasons yet that he's had to work with none of whom have been very good and so. I actually think the fact that they have been a competitive outfit now for going on three seasons, for the most part, at times not competitive early in 2020, early last year, early this year. Um, but I, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment on, uh, on, on being so definitive as if to say, as some of you have, he'll never work anywhere else as an offensive coordinator. Man, does that sound familiar? I can remember so many of you, so many in media that said, Kyle Shanahan? I mean, the only reason he's got this job is because of the father. I mean, so many claim nepotism. So many. I mean, he's one of the best head coaches in the game. And if you didn't see his brilliance early on and you think Scott Turner sucks, your opinion for me has already been discounted. Because how you didn't know that Kyle Shanahan was an outstanding designer and then play caller in Houston for Gary Kubiak can't help you. Sean McVay, anybody that knew him, and I'm not saying that most of you did or should have, it was obvious that he was going to be something. Now, he struggled a little bit with, once again, um, you know, uh, at times, no running game, a terrible defense. And by the way, he was a newbie um, at play calling. Uh, but you saw in his mind and in his personality uh, and the way he thought that, you know, he certainly had talent. I think there's some of certainly the, um, the brains and the experience that Scott Turner has. I was frustrated uh, with the giant game. I was very frustrated with that giant game. Um, I was not as frustrated with the game the other day. Um, I'm not sure what you could really, really hammer him over. Uh, the decision to go for the fourth and one, fourth and a foot wasn't his. It was Ron's. I agreed with it. Uh, he did everything that you wanted him to do after uh, the giant game, which was try to establish the run, use the play action off the run. I mean, look, against the best defense in football in a 0-0 game, they had a 17-play 84-yard drive that stopped uh, on fourth and one at the other team's you know, goal line. 
Um, I, I I actually thought you know the the first half you get a deep ball that Dotson's got a shot on. Okay, it may not have been the best throw. Still could have been a seventy nine yard touchdown pass. Uh, second drive you end up with unfortunately after a holding penalty um, against Leno. You, you know you under you end up with a third and thirteen. By the way, pretty much the only third and long that they didn't convert uh, in the first half. You stuck with the running game despite not really being able to bust a grape as Doc would say uh, in the running game against that incredibly fast defense, but you kept him honest. Um, I, I don't. I didn't really have a problem, and I haven't had a problem with uh, Turner. I don't know how I got under the Scott Turner tangent, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, rate us and review us on Apple and Spotify. Much appreciated. So, the announcement was made. Ron Rivera had a lot to say about it uh, in his presser. Again, my position is this. I'm fine with it. My expectations aren't super high. Um, I am interested to see what kind of game plan uh, is kind of employed. My friend Gary texted me during the radio show this morning, and he said, remember what you said, that if they put Wentz back in there, Scott Turner's going to be tempted to start chucking it around the park. Um, look, Cleveland has struggled stopping the run. They get after the the quarterback with Miles Garrett and company pretty well, um, and they've got some playmakers on defense. They're not a t- they're they've played decent defense recently, but their weakness their 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 Achilles heel has been stopping the run. So Washington, I would think, is going to stick with trying to run the football. You know, and take the pressure off Carson Wentz, which isn't what they did early in the season. But they didn't have Brian Robinson Jr. They didn't have a defense that was getting them the, getting them the ball back consistently. They weren't as good a team early in the season. Um, but uh, Ron did answer that. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But here was Ron Rivera on why Wentz and why Wentz now. Seeing the way he played, um, how he handled things. I think um, where we are right now, I'm looking for a little bit of a spark, a little something different, and uh, I think now's a good opportunity for it. What do you feel like he can add that maybe, in terms of spark, that maybe he wasn't able to in those first six starts? Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That that was evident in, in the game, uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it, they they kept coming, and I thought he handled those situations very very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot. Um, got it out to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Yeah, his decision-making was very quick. So, I, I, again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to, to, to see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense, and um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it. The other part, I think, is, you know, he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he, he missed several games. He had an opportunity to, to heal up. To, to you know, to, to look and feel better, and I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Um, Ron, as you're going through the thought process, did you? How much did you think back to when you made the trade for Carson in the first place? The reasons why you decided we needed to go get a quarterback like him. I I, I thought about those things. I thought about his ability to make certain throws as well. I, th- I think that's a big part of, you know, why he's here. Obviously, is because we believe he can throw. He can throw the ball. Um, you know, and, and downfield and, and make those long, deep throws on on the outs and on the seven routes. Those things are are a big part of what we what we do as an offense. So that was Ron Rivera on why Wentz and why Wentz now. The most important part of his answer isn't, I don't think, 
Uh, we needed a spark, um, you know, in some of the other things he said. The specific thing that he said to me that was the most telling, and it's the thing that I think they have believed for a while now, is that Carson's more comfortable with what they're doing now. They saw it on the field against, you know, the blitzing and him throwing hot uh, and doing it successfully in the game against the 49ers. And the 49ers did keep coming, you know, even at 30 to 14, even with the backups at 30 to 20. But I think what they would tell you about the early portion of the season when uh, Carson was, uh, if we want to be favorable in our description of his performance during the first six weeks, he was inconsistent. I think what they would tell you is that he just wasn't there on the offense yet. He wasn't comfortable yet in the offense. He wasn't comfortable calling the plays, wasn't comfortable with the cadence, wasn't comfortable with what the answers were to what they saw defensively. Uh, Remember, Logan Thomas told me, and I've mentioned this a few times on my radio show two, two and a half weeks ago, when I asked him what the big difference between Taylor and Carson was, and he said, you know, Taylor knows the offense. He's comfortable in the offense. And, you know, Carson, it was still a, a learning process. You know, of course Taylor knew the offense. He's been in it for four years. So in many ways, it was probably a blessing that Taylor got in there when he got in there because it kept them from having another rough few games uh, before they got it together and Carson, you know, finally got comfortable in the offense. I don't know. Maybe he would have never gotten comfortable this year. We're going to find out Sunday how much more comfortable he is. But that's the reason more than any other. They believe that putting him out there is a major upgrade physically. And then now that he's more comfortable in the offense, which I don't think they learned that just from the two possessions against the 49ers. I think there's been a sense of it for a while now um, that him sitting back and watching, and you'll hear what he said about that, um, has helped a little bit. But that's really... Um, where they have you know, been chomping at the bit to put him back in there because they believe he's further along in his understanding of the offense. Um, the next piece of Rivera sound from earlier today that I want to play is he was asked about Wentz's connection with Terry and the fact that you know it really wasn't a connection early and it was with Taylor. And then he's asked specifically about the kind of offense that uh, they're going to run. You know, they be, they've been a run-first team, um, especially since Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, came into the lineup. Here's what Ron said about both of those things. When we last saw Carson with Terry, it looked like their chemistry was still a work in progress, and then Terry and Taylor seemed to connect a lot. How do you make sure, or how can they go about establishing uh, a better rhythm this time around? Well, I think the biggest thing more than anything else is now that I think he's more comfortable with what we do and how we do it, an opportunity to see how things are 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 are, are going, uh, have a feel for the rest of the offense. I think it'll help them as as we go through this. And the running game is what you've talked about a lot. The downhill running game, having a new quarterback who can make a lot of these throws that you're excited about. Is there an emphasis to Scott? Like, hey, you know, let's not forget what also got us here. How do you balance getting well, Carson in, but also the old kind of formula? We're going to do what we, we we think helps us win the game the most. In all honesty, and so there's a lot of things that we got to be able to do. So Ron not really committing to the formula that they've used with Taylor Heineke, but I believe that's what you're going to see a lot of, especially Sunday against Cleveland. The Browns have really struggled to stop the run uh, recently. That's their Achilles heel right now. Yeah, they've got Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, um, but they've really struggled at linebacker with lots of injuries. I had Mary Kay Cabot, the longtime uh, Browns uh, reporter for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, had her on the radio 
radio show this morning, and she said, you got to run it at them. Uh, that's what you got to do uh, to move the football. And um, I think that's what they'll do. I think you're, you're going to see what Frank Reich decided was the best formula for the Colts last year when they made their run back into contention. And that was to let Jonathan Taylor in the running game take the pressure off of Carson Wentz. Now, you know, the ideal thing would be continue to run it, run it well, and then be able to go play action early down or, you know, short yardage on second down and take some shots um, with a bigger arm uh, to be able to stretch the field even more uh, than they've been doing. Um, This was Ron. uh, It was more on what he said, on what he's seen from Wentz that tells him he's more ready now than earlier in the season. What throws or plays show you that Carson has a better understanding of what you guys want to do now? Well, one of the first things was um, when you see him throw the hots. And I thought that was I thought that was probably one of the really good things because again, if you go back to the to, to the uh, last game you played against the Bears, you know, we had a they had a backside blitz on our first third down and it came completely clean and it's one of those things that, you know, if you seize that he throws that dart and it's a completely different different play. And now you, you see him do that, and you say, okay, he's seeing those. And then you see another pressure, and he gets the ball out again quickly, and you say, okay, he sees that. Those are part of the things. Um, we, we ran a, a deep cross that he hit in the game, and again, it's all you know understanding to get it out and when to get it out and who to get it out to. So that was more with Ron, you know, really getting specific about what they wanted to see and get more comfortable with. And he went back to the Bears game where he was sacked a couple of times. Remember, he was banged up in that Bears game heading into the game and then obviously played uh, with the busted finger uh, through much of the second half in that game. Uh, as well. Uh, What about Carson Wentz? Uh, What did Carson Wentz say uh, today in his first presser since the uh, Chicago, uh, you know, October game uh, as the starting quarterback? You'll hear some of that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go to windownation.com or call them at 866-90-NATION if you've been thinking about windows. Uh, They're going to give you interest-free for five years. Plus, you'll pay half price on the windows. You get two free for every two you buy. I've been working with Window Nation for 13 and a half years. You'll save big on your energy bills. You'll make your home look better and increase the value of it. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. Tell them that Kevin Sheehan sent you. So, Carson Wentz spoke today, back in as the starter uh, for the first time since you know the uh, early portion of October, leading into that short week wa- uh, short week uh, game against Chicago. Uh, and he was asked about just the team that he's coming back to. You'll hear Ben's question, Ben Standig's question. Uh, it's a different team. I don't think there's any doubt that this team with Brian Robinson Jr. as its lead back uh, makes it different uh, with an offense line that you know has been better in a run first mentality mode with a defense that has really rounded into shape and become one of the better defenses in the league here's what went said uh, you'll hear Ben's question first um you said the other day uh, that you they've obviously uh, changed uh sort of how the offense is kind of navigating you know, more of a, with, with more emphasis on the running game and things like that I guess to what degree are you excited to get back out there with knowing that Brian is going to be there where he kind of wasn't before the defense is playing well, et cetera. How, how do you kind of excited to have those pieces around you? Yeah, I mean, it's been exciting and fun for me to watch. Um, obviously going through rehab and then as, as the backup the last couple of weeks, just seeing 
uh, Brian, AG, even Jay will get in there. Just the way they run, the, the way the O line um, moves people up front. I think it's it's always fun to just see you know Brian especially finishing runs. You know he's hit at two yards, but we're all of a sudden we're in second and five. You know stuff like that that I think can just wear down an opponent. I think it has been fun for me to see from the sideline, and I'm excited to, to see it firsthand and see how that potentially opens up some other things in the passing game and, and to be a part of that, um, and then distri- just distribute the ball to the playmakers. Those guys out, outside. Uh, the receivers can't say enough good things about them. They're playing at a high level. You can see they're they're playing with confidence. They're playing fast and and making the most of their opportunities. So uh, I think it'll be it'll be fun once I'm out there. I don't know what happened to Carson Wentz specifically in Indy and Philadelphia. I'm not naive enough to think that it was just about vaccination status with the Colts or the fact that Doug Peterson was leaving in Philadelphia and they had a coaching change. I mean, there was too much expense, too much of a hit financially and otherwise taken by those two teams to move on from a quarterback with talent if it wasn't uh, about much more than just vaccination status and coaching regime change. I think you're really uh, naive if you think that's what it was about. Clearly, we saw in the first six games here that it wasn't super smooth um, and that there were, there could have been other reasons that those teams moved on from him. But I will give some, uh, you know, possibility, um, some, some percentage of possibility to him having matured through those two experiences. And the only reason I say that, I have no idea what his relationship is with this team right now. I don't. You know, we saw how giddy the team was when Taylor Heineke he got the opportunity that could speak more to the fact that you know what Logan Thomas told me Carson just wasn't getting it and Taylor did get it in terms of the offense and they thought they could be more productive at least in the short term and perhaps they were but man he comes off as very mature and team first in these press conferences doesn't mean shit if he goes out and fumbles twice and gets sacked six times by Miles Garrett on Sunday and they lose to the Browns but uh We'll see. Um, He's got some physical ability. There is no doubt about that. This dude looks the part. He can spin it. Um, And really, you know, there have been reasons it hasn't worked previously. Maybe we saw some reasons why it didn't work previously in those first six games. But in terms of what they have on the roster, and I don't know anything about Sam Howell, it would be nice if – He went out, had a better grasp of the offense, has matured as a person through the previous two experiences, and put it all together for these final two games. It it would be one hell of a story, and then had a bit of a run in the postseason. Imagine that. I don't think a run in the postseason was possible with Taylor Heineke. I don't. I mean, I think, you know... Tommy thinks it's condescending. Um, It's not condescending at all. I think when you've dealt with young people and and, in sports, those of you that have heard me say this about Taylor understand what I'm saying. You'd love to coach a kid like that. You love the fact that he's fearless, the fact that he is always ready, that he's smart, that he's coachable, all of those things. But at the position, and I guess you could say the same thing about Brock Purdy, but that's even a better team. And by the way, a better coaching staff around him. Like if San Francisco makes a run to the Super Bowl with a third string at the beginning of the season quarterback, what a story. But I do think that, just like I thought before the season started, even though I wasn't a big fan of Carson Wentz or the trade, I did think that they had a chance to be better offensively with him at quarterback. 
And I feel that way a little bit now. Not convinced I'm going to see it, but I do think that, you know, the proverbial ceiling is higher. And maybe the floor is much lower. But uh, I don't know that they are reducing their chances of winning these final two games, putting Carson Wentz in there. And I think in some ways they've increased their chances of being better offensively, which would then give them a chance, a better chance to win both games, and then a better chance to be productive and perhaps competitive in a playoff game or two. I wanted you to hear Taylor Heineke's response today. Ben Standig caught up with him in the locker room. Were you surprised that ultimately this was the decision that was made? Yeah, I mean, you know, I felt like we were on a roll there for a little bit and um, got ourselves in a position to make the playoffs. And, um, you know, this is what they feel like uh, gives them the best chance to get the playoffs. So we got to roll with it. And, again, I'm going to try to be the best backup I can be. It's two years in a row where you've been the guy that's come in and some some degree help save the season. Do you feel at a minimum you've done more than enough to show this team in the league, you know, what you're capable of? I hope so. Um, you know, I, I, two, two and a half years ago I was out of the league, and uh, you, you, you just want to stay in it as long as you can. So hopefully this year's, you know, bought me a couple more years at least, and uh, we'll see what happens. That the response of a badass baller competitor, the host says very condescendingly, uh, at least according to the other host uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays of this show. Uh, No, some of you actually agreed with Tommy what he said yesterday, that you think you'll see Taylor Heineke again before the end of the season. Barring injury, I think you're nuts. Um, I don't think we're going to see Taylor Heineke uh, again this year. Uh, There is a chance that the final game of the season is meaningless And as Josina Anderson reported, Sam Howell would get the start if they were eliminated. There's also a chance that final game against the Cowboys could be meaningless because they could clinch on Sunday with a win over the Browns and losses by Seattle, Green Bay, and Detroit. But I think in that case, they would still play Carson Wentz for him to get another game under his belt before a playoff game. Um, I do like Taylor Heineke. I like a lot about him. I just don't want him to be the starting quarterback of this franchise for years to come. I do not advocate signing some sort of three-year deal paying him starter or even low-end starter money. I don't. I think they have to keep looking for the answer at quarterback, whether that's in the draft or potentially whether that's uh, another veteran move. Look, Carson Wentz has a chance. You know, despite what some of you think, he has an opportunity here. I'm not saying he's going to succeed with that opportunity, but if he were to go out and light it up, the final two games of the year look really good and then have them in a very competitive situation in the postseason. There's a chance he could be back. And remember, if he is back, it doesn't have to be at the current contract level. There's a chance they could restructure. I don't know how many options he's really going to have. Um, But today, Derek Carr got benched in Vegas, demoted to third string for Jarrett Stidham. So it looks like Derek Carr could be a possibility of a guy that's available. Throw him in the mix with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Tom Brady, maybe Aaron Rodgers. Uh, There may be more options than you think um, veteran-wise in the offseason. None of them super attractive except for Rodgers, of course. Uh, Brady would be interesting, new owner, um, good team around him. They do have a good team around him. That's one thing that is 
100% true. By the way, Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Hurts is a possibility for Sunday against the Saints. Uh, that is, you know, that will be a big deal for uh, the playoff picture as it relates to Dallas and Philadelphia in the NFC East. And it, it's a huge deal for Washington in terms of whether or not Dallas will come to D.C. on January 8th, needing the game, playing it to win it, or playing it um, as a bye week. Uh, I did put out a poll on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC. Uh, reaction to the Carson Wentz news: right decision, wrong decision doesn't really matter. I think if I was answering my own poll question, I would have probably leaned doesn't really matter, but it would have been really close with the right decision. Uh, the right decision: fifty-two point four percent out of the near three thousand votes at this point. Um, doesn't really matter, was at 36%, and wrong decision, 11.5% right now. So most people agree that it was the right decision or it's, you know, six and one half dozen the other. All right, that is the show for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy. We'll certainly start to prep you uh, for the Cleveland game on Sunday and a lot more, I'm sure, on Wentz and Heineke.